0: Hi I'm Lee Durrant and in this episode of Vodcast we're speaking with Charlie Cowan about his Salesforce career to date uh, and and any little tips or nuggets uh, he's learned over the years particularly as a a now published author uh, of uh, of sales books I think plural Um, so let's just dive straight in and say hi Charlie how you doing mate?
1: Hi there Lee yeah I'm good thank you thank you for having me on
0: no thanks for thanks for agreeing to do it I noticed I mean, obviously, you and I have, have known each other quite a long time in this in this South ecosystem. But I did mm. notice your recent news about uh, publishing a, a sales or a software sales book. I thought it might be good to get you on and and have a chat for people that are listening about, I suppose, your 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 journey in South and how you got into it, uh, and and all the way through to this this point now where you're a, a published author of of sales books, which is brilliant.
1: Yeah, and I'd, I'd be happy to to share that journey, and yeah, hopefully it's useful either for people that are in sales, but also people that are not in sales and more in either the consulting ranks or interested in uh, uh, what it might take to to get into sales.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and it's a it's a it's a growing you know part of uh, well I mean the Salesforce ecosystem, of course, but the, but even the wider sort of cloud software space, I, I would imagine. So it'd be quite interesting to 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 dig into that. Um, so if you're happy to maybe give us a little overview of yourself, and then and then we can mm. dive into how it all began, if you like. So uh, fire far away, let, t- tell us you know what you're doing, I suppose, now briefly, and then we can, can go back into the, yeah
1: uh yeah i am um an enterprise uh, uh, tech aE i've worked in in cloud sales um, yeah you know, pretty much since i i started um, so i I started work in ninety nine um, seems a long time ago now but um yeah. when I left agricultural college uh, which is what i what i studied in and um, uh, just through pure coincidence um the the town that I was studying in which is uh, a town called Sirencester, um, and yeah. also had a number of tech companies that that got set up there. And um, I was lucky enough to, to get a job in one uh, pretty much straight out of um, uh, out of uni. Um, so I did a sort of quick transition from agriculture into into technology um, and then I've, I've stayed on that path uh, the whole way through. Um, yeah, sometimes selling the tech, sometimes selling services. And um, yeah, uh, I spent my career in that space
0: so it wasn't like a lot of people i speak to it wasn't necessarily your plan to get into tech then obviously with the apic- agricultural thing that was you you had a totally different no. life plan
1: it was uh pure uh i guess a coincidence and a, and a little bit of luck um while i was uh at uni i was also working in my evenings uh in a local pub and uh to get from uni to that pub i used to drive through a, a little industrial estate in sirencester yeah. And uh, I used to go past this building there, and it had a little car park out the back of it, and there were some nice cars in that car park. <laughs> um, uh, there was a there was a Lamborghini Diablo, there was a Ferrari oh, wow. 355. There was some there was some good stuff going on. And so one one day, I on my way to work, I had a little bit of time before my shift started. Um, so I, I parked up, and I went and knocked on the door, and um, I spoke to the receptionist, and I was like, "What on earth do you do here?" Fair um, fair place and, yeah okay and uh, yeah. she said oh we're a we're a business only isp uh i said i've got absolutely no idea what that means but can i have a job <laughs> <laughs> and um i didn't even really ask for a specific type of job i i i didn't really know what what kind of jobs were available um uh but so she gave me um or put me in touch with the sales director there a guy called johnny um and uh yeah i popped in a week later to have an interview uh, with him and uh you know had some initial chats about what I wanted to do and what interested me and I was just like I mean the student I was like I want a big telly that was the only thing I could really remember saying Um, (laughs) not a
0: Lamborghini not yet not a Lamborghini
1: yeah start start small and um it was like luckily I'd stumbled into um Uh, sort of sales recruitment process that they were going through. And so the following week, uh, he invited me along to a a kind of mass interview. So they had about 30 people turn up and um, we all sort of sat down in their training room Mm -hmm. and uh, uh, some kind of sales uh, trainer up front, um, uh, you know, ran some exercises with us, you know, uh, handed out some of these old pipe cleaners that you'd use for arts and crafts right, who can sell me this pipe cleaner? You know, give me some examples of how you might use it. Yeah, exactly. Sell me this pen. And (laughs) um, so, yeah, I mean, I was one of these sort of 30 and I just thought, well, I've got to come up with some ways of using this pipe cleaner. And so, you know, put my hand up and um, made myself known. And um, yeah, it seemed seemed to go okay. And I got invited back to uh, another interview uh, the next week um that was a, a you know a bit tougher with one of the managers um and anyway kind of muddled my muddled my way through it and uh, uh got offered a, a place as a as a sales exec and I started there um you know uh, the, the week after uh, my finals finished um so I went straight from yeah agricultural finals and then straight into the first day of uh, of sales
0: Fair play. I mean, just 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 to go over that again. So you, you you took some some balls to 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 walk into that a car park full of Lamborghinis and and all those lovely cars <laughs> to do what you did. Probably something that I don't imagine many people do nowadays. Um, and I have to ask you as well. What was your if you can remember? What was your answer then to the sell me the pipe cleaner thing? What did you say? Uh,
1: so, it's like first on sort of walking in through the door, I would say like I've always uh thought about that since since then. Like so many people when it comes to wanting to get a job think, right, I'm gonna to go to LinkedIn or I'm gonna to speak to a recruiter or I'm gonna hit apply on a um uh on a
0: uh careers page. Which I suppose I, none of that, none of that existed. So I'm not trying to make you sound really old, but yeah. did any of that exist then? Probably not. Um,
1: Probably not LinkedIn. I, I, I don't know. Well, there would have been sort of offline recruiters. Um, at, uh, you know, oh, website. I was around. Yeah. I would have, yeah, been, exactly, I would have been, out there, mate, exactly. knocking on doors for you. Yeah. Um, but, it, but essentially, if you, if you just go in through the front, um, uh, you know, through the traditional methods, you just go into a pile with, yeah. um, you know, with a hundred other people. Um, whereas if you, Uh, Either literally walk through the front door or, um, you know, metaphorically walk through the front door by, you know, speaking to someone that is influential or getting in contact with a hiring manager directly. You know, these are the things that can sort of separate you um, from, um, uh, you know, from someone that just hits apply on a LinkedIn ad today. So I definitely always Mm. always think about that um, uh, as a way of differentiating yourself. Um, but then, in terms of like, yeah, what what did I do? I, I I can't remember. I think it was about like you could use it to to clean something. You could use it to hang something on a radiator. I mean, it was just like pointless, pointless ways oh, okay. of using a um, plastic no, cleaner.
0: Was, but at least um, you stuck your hand up and and said exactly your that was the thing. It you... was
1: like I've got to stick my hand up, whatever. Uh, I can't sit it's... here and, and not say anything.
0: Yeah. I think the very fact that you you steamed in there as a young man and, and said give me a job is po probably put you to the top of the list without you even realising it. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I said I said at the beginning of this podcast we jump all over the place and that, so that's what I'm doing. Um, how how could that translate into today's world then? You know, walking into a, a, an office like that and saying I want a job because because sometimes all you can do is apply on LinkedIn. I suppose unless they yeah.
1: I mean um uh, you mentioned earlier that I've written a couple of books and actually the, the the first one which we carved off the front is really about how do you get a job in um, in tech sales but it's it's apl- it's applicable to to, to anything um, which is if you have got a company that you want to go and work for, you know how do you make sure that you can get a job there and you know one of the things is to you know, really target target an individual hiring manager um, which is like if you let's say you do want to work in sales um you know and you know a particular company that you want to go and work for yeah. it's it's not difficult to go onto linkedin and find out who are going to be the sales managers or the salesforce practice managers or whoever it might be uh, they're yeah. going to be the people that you're likely to work for and then through linkedin uh, you can very easily see if you're connected to that person and you can either get a referral. If you can't get a referral, a, a, you know, a warm intro, then it's easy to find people's email addresses. You just literally go to Google and type in company name, email address format, and you'll yeah. find um, something that will come up. You know, 75 percent of the people at this company have got this email format. And then you can You're, just email that person directly.
0: Yep, You are giving away a lot of my secrets here for. for so oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, we all do the same thing, don't we? Um, no, no, it's, it, that's yeah a bit of I suppose it's just being a bit especially if it's a sales job as well more than anything yeah. it's a sales job you should be a little bit more creative around how you uh, approach these people um,
1: exactly yeah so you know sales I, is all about getting in contact with the right people and if you can't demonstrate that in trying to get a job somewhere then um, yeah then you still almost fail at the first hurdle
0: absolutely so going back to you then so you you got that job no, no, I, I don't you mentioned the name of the company, but
1: um, yeah, uh, it was a company called Star Internet uh, back in the day. Um, oh, so this
0: was, this was you selling, um, I was looking at your synopsis for your book. So, so you were selling kind of to, to small small businesses yeah, like internet, uh, basically. In,
1: internet connections, yeah. So mm. it was um, 99, and um, uh, you know, still small companies were just getting connected to the internet for the first time or trying yeah. to upgrade. So we were selling. Um, uh, ISDN connections um, or in some cases for larger companies lease lines which we used to call it a pipe back then, it was like oh you know these big companies get a 2 meg lease line pipe uh, <laughs> and now you think about a 2 meg connection for a company with hundreds of employees you think oh this is crazy when we're now on <laughs> gigs and gigs um, but yeah that's, uh, that, that's what it was and um, uh, that company uh, we, uh, you know, invented a new way of scanning for viruses as well. So viruses were just starting to become a problem, uh, and spam as well. Um, and um, you know that really took off. It was it was before things were called cloud. Uh, so we called it like a managed service, um, but yeah. it was about scanning your email as it came through the ISP. Whereas up until that point most people had a box on their own network and then that box would scan for viruses and you'd update that box maybe once a week with new patches. That was very much how people stopped these viruses coming in. Um, and uh, this one virus came out, the Melissa virus, that absolutely just uh, you know destroyed, that was probably one of the most famous uh, or infamous viruses that came out. Mm. And because our company was um, scanning Uh, people's email as it came through us uh, we managed to protect everyone whereas everyone that was waiting for a patch came in on monday morning and got hit by this virus because they hadn't updated their patches and so this was really the genesis of you know cloud-based virus scanning and um you know it really took off to the the extent when that uh well in our company star we split it off into a second company called message labs which just did the the virus scanning and spam scanning.
0: Okay, and that, um, yeah.
1: you know, I was there for for another eight years or so, um, uh, when that became a you know a global business and um, that scaled up and ultimately yeah. got got sold to Semantic in about 2010. Um, so it was a it was a really lucky door to walk through um, uh, in '99 because that was a a 10 year story that grew into being a, a global business.
0: And um, so you, you you started off doing that just about the same time I started off in recruitment and cause 1999 mm. is when I first started recruiting for I don't know, cabling type engineers and stuff like that. Mm. But d- did the Y2K thing affect you or, or your business? Because I, I seem to remember in 1999, everyone was panicking, weren't they, about about Y2K and, and planes were going to fall out of the sky yeah. and, uh, in, and IT was was evil. Um that's what it felt like, anyway. I, I, I yeah. didn't know anything about it, so. But did that affect you at all, or did you did you guys thrive because of that?
1: No, it seemed to be. I, I, so I joined in that summer of '99 um, after my final. So maybe I started working June or July or something like that. So it was sort of six month run up to the millennium, um, and uh, I, I remember a lot, a lot of talk about it. But uh, it all seemed to be a, um, a bit of a damp squib when that uh, that happened. Um,
0: yeah no yeah, yeah same same here just,
1: no event yeah
0: God. okay so i mean we don't have to fast forward to your salesforce days, but we're interested to, to see how it how it played out and, and at what point yeah. you became aware of salesforce uh, so and was, then from
1: it was really interesting on, like it was um so you can sort of fast forward to maybe 2008 2009 something like that and um uh, I was getting into more sort of social selling and this was kind of um, you know as a salesperson you need to have a uh, a blog and you need to be writing and you need to have mm-hmm. your opinion out there and, and be you know uh, uh, building a network on LinkedIn and, and Twitter and so I did start a, a blog and started writing uh, a few things.
0: I remember that. I, I, do you still do it?
1: Um, I do. I, uh, do bits and pieces but less uh, a, a formal blog um uh
0: because uh, obviously sorry to keep interrupting you but around that right. 2008 2009 was when we started Rod and I, I definitely <clears> remember <throat> following your blog quite 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 a bit um yeah it was quite a, it became yeah. quite big didn't it if I remember right it? Uh,
1: yeah I was, I was write, writing a few things it was mainly well it was sort of around uh, obviously technology um and uh I was sort of looking for things to write about and uh I thought well I'll write about Salesforce um because that's a you know big cloud company you know at the time uh where I was Message Labs you know we were a cloud company we always looked on at Salesforce as being a business that was going crazy you know growth in that in that market mm. and um so I registered for what was called Cloudforce back then so it became yeah. the world tours and um, uh, I, I, in fact, I registered for the New York one. It wasn't an in-person one. Um, and uh, uh, it was the Cloudforce where they uh, announced Chatter as a new product. Uh, God, so yeah. it's going back a good good way.
0: Yeah. Now, I've
1: been going to tech events um, here in the UK. Uh, um, Infosec was the one that we used to go to. So it was about info security. And it was in uh, Olympia in uh, in London. And it was very, you know, stereotypical, let's say for an InfoSec event, it was very male orientated. It was very tech technology, um, you know, orientated. And then I went on to this Cloudforce event and they're playing Kings of Leon. Um, (laughs) You know, it was almost like 50, 50 sort of women to men. It was very business focused and not just tech. And I was Mm. like, Oh my goodness! This is like a completely different kind of tech event. I've never seen anything like this. Yeah. Um, and uh, that was my first sort of exposure to Salesforce, and uh, you know, it started writing um, about the platform. I started uh, learning because there was a lot of um, sort of self, um, sort of learning that you, you could go and do um, through, um, you know, through the online sites. And um, uh, you know, that kind of inspired me to. Uh, to set up a consulting business focused on Salesforce, um, which is when we first met. Um, yeah. So I set up a, a small consulting practice um, focused on the sort of SMB market, which I felt wasn't wasn't very well well served at that time.
0: Mm, absolutely. Um. And it was Kaboko, wasn't it? And. and um, it was. Did I did I pronounce it wrong then and still now? Probably I can't remember.
1: If... No, that was. Uh um a made-up name uh well it wasn't a made-up name i think it was the like other uh some a- african name for a hippo um so my <laughs> wife is south african
0: uh, right. and so we yeah. were i
1: think we were looking for swahili names for uh for, for animals uh and that jumped out um as being something that was quite memorable and also had a .com domain available.
0: No, that's more importantly, yeah. And, and was, you know, uh, unlike, unlike yeah. everyone else at the time, you didn't call it cloud this or that, which was yeah. Uh, refreshing. Yeah. I yeah. remember Kaboko. Some, and, yeah.
1: Yeah. Some uh, Latin name for a type of cloud. Now, we, we
0: avoided yeah. that
1: and, uh, yeah.
0: and went for something different. And it was, you know, successful. Um, Correct me. I mean, I, I can't remember the, what happened with Kaboko. Perhaps you can tell us. And, and perhaps you can give us an idea of what it's actually like to start something like that and 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 you know grow it and, and get to the point where you make a decision
1: yeah um i, I think my you know the golden rule is uh if you're going to set up a consulting business then you should work in a consulting business for a long time before you try to do that yourself yeah um uh, so you know I, I came from a sales background. And, um, you know, I love selling, I love talking to customers, I love learning about their business and, um, uh, you know, and and then uh, working out how I can best help them um, to take that business forwards. One thing that I had zero experience of was uh, consulting and, um, you know, understanding how to build out a level of effort and, um, you know, uh, resourcing a particular plan uh, and knowing how that you can uh, deliver that. Uh, projects successfully and, and profitably um, so we, we definitely touched on a an area of the market where there was demand so we built up a good relationship with a number of uh, the team at salesforce who we were like great you know we need more uh, partners that are focused on this this area and customers yeah. absolutely needed that um uh you know that level of support because they d- they totally like myself bought into Salesforce and the, the, you know, the journey and, and the vision, and then they wanted to know how to take, uh, you know, the ball of clay that is Salesforce and, you know, and turn that into something that met met their needs. And that's often where uh, certainly, you know, I and the team, you know, we, we had a challenge, which is, you know, uh, taking you know, each customer who's got very unique requirements whether it was you know a company that sold speakers or a charity or you know a company that was doing you know uh, real estate lettings you know they've all got their own individual processes and um you know requirements and how do you mm-hmm. then take what was what used to be called a salesforce quick start and uh, you know and implement that and give everyone what they need and and do it profitably um, and i think over the the year or so that we ran that that business um that's really where i personally came came unstuck um in that um you know what i wanted to be able to deliver to these customers uh, was not something that i uh, was uh um you know skilled in delivering uh, and so that's why after a year you know I drew drew a line under that and um uh got into consulting working still well still doing the same thing but working for a company, doing that, rather than trying to to run it myself.
0: That's what they say, isn't it? No, no failure, only, only feedback. So, um, you know, was, mm. it was obviously a really good lesson. Um, and then your, then that took you to, put it if I'm wrong, was it? Uh, to, from there to New Voice Media or did you go from there to uh, Appirio?
1: I, I went uh, via New Voice Media uh, for, a, for a period of time. I think I was there for a, a year and a half, um, which am still in the Salesforce ecosystem and uh um, yeah yeah uh uh was was a great experience um at their um uh you know uh, implementing cloud contact center solutions um for, for for customers on the salesforce platform um but through and this is where like you know serendipity you never know where your life will will take you um through my mm. time doing uh, kaboko and at the blog and being on social networks like Twitter and through going to Dreamforce and getting to meet people in the, the Salesforce community. Um, uh, someone then contacted me on Twitter said, ah, you know, um, uh, Aprio, uh, which at that time was one of the best known boutique Salesforce consult- consultancies in the US um, yeah. uh, was about to open up in Europe. And um, you know, did I want to they, go they meet? They bought the S- GM? I can't
0: remember. They bought Cess Point at that point. I, I, they did, a, yeah. That, that, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, gone.
1: Yeah. No. That that was the, that was their routine. They they acquired yeah. Point, which was um, you know an existing um, sort of Irish headquartered um, uh, um, uh, uh, Salesforce consultancy over here, and that was yeah. kind of their entry into the market. And um, yeah, did I want to go meet uh, the 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 new GM who was coming over? So I went to go meet her in London, and uh, yeah, great, great uh, person. Um, really bought into the culture of uh, of um, and so I moved over and you know carried on my. Well, I'd say my consulting career. I, I was in the sales team, but uh, but we were selling consulting around Salesforce, Workday, and, and Google
0: must have been a big difference, or maybe tell me if it was or not, but for, from the SMB sort of market you were aiming for with to, was were you all of a sudden like enterprise, global customers go and sell to them, or were you still kind of aiming at the smaller boys?
1: No, no, it was very much large enterprise. So, you know, we're, we're selling into, you know, the very largest customers um, uh, in the world. So, you know, top um, uh, healthcare companies, top tech companies, top media companies. That were putting in uh, you know very big um, you know programs so you know we would still be would class ourselves as sort of a, as a global boutique so you know large enough to do the big global programs but um, you know more of a boutique um, and able to move faster than maybe a, one of the, the larger um, GSIs. Um, so it was a you know, for me it was a massive learning curve because you know frankly I had not sold to those types of companies before. I'd gone mm. from doing SMB. I'd done some channel sales. Um, maybe I'd sold some mid-market, but I'd never sold to a global enterprise before. So that was a bit of fake it till you make it um, sort of uh, situation. But the fact that I'm... I, sorry, go for it.
0: No, I was I was going to ask the difference. What you know what is the, the difference between selling to an smb to to, to switching to a, an enterprise sort of company mm. what what sounds like a bit of a stupid question but just just for you know anyone listening who's thinking about getting into this mm. or perhaps they're already selling to smb and they want to move to enterprise what, what's the sort of differences in your opinion
1: I, I think one of the main ones is um just the number of people that are involved so you know mm. if you're uh, selling into an smb you know you might be selling with just one person. You know, it might be a business owner, uh, it might be a sales director, um, and you know they can make that decision on their own. Uh, if they if they can't make the decision on their own, it's likely to be quite an informal process of you know oh I'll go and, you know we've got a team meeting next week and I'll I'll say this is what I want to do. So it's it's um, it's much sort of faster paced and more informal. As you get into a large enterprise, you might be dealing with um, 15 or 20 people. Uh, you might be in a formal uh, RFP process where you've got to to mm. to manage you know structured uh, presentations. it might be that you're dealing with multiple regions and you've got to deal with uh, you know, with different um, sort of geographies different uh, legislations and so on so it's really just around the um so a bit of the complexity of their own organization and then also sort of the timelines you know uh, when people are buying something at an enterprise level, they're typically looking at a program that might go in over a number of uh, quarters or years. And so what they're they're looking for from a salesperson is different. I don't just want someone that's going to generate an order form and a, you know, and a quote for me. I'm looking for someone that can actually provide some insight and guidance and coaching and actually lead me through this because they've not done it before, but, but we have, so it's a different, um, it's a very different conversation um but uh I can imagine yeah.
0: and, and and channel sales obviously that was through new voice media i'm guessing was is that is that more like sort of selling through partners and, and is that is that yeah the sort of difference yeah
1: and probably most of my channel experience was actually back in uh, message labs when i ran a, oh. uh, a referral program so we had about a thousand uh, it resellers across europe um, and they were referring business into us, and this was like right at the time when people were just desperate to get their antivirus uh, protection up up and running. And so mm. we did we did direct business, but a lot of small uh, companies would actually use uh, you know a small Microsoft reseller um, uh, as their you know their IT department. And so you'd have these local IT resellers that were saying, look, my customers need um, MessageLabs. You know, can we get them on a contract? And, um, you know, can you give me a commission in return? So um, I kicked off and ran that program. uh, And it was one of our most successful uh, sort of go to market channels. It was really quick business. We were transacting hundreds of deals every month. Um, and, uh, you know, we paid them a commission. We put in place some incentive programs, um, you know, some nice rewards. Uh, and it, it worked really well. And it it taught me a lot about empathy. Um, and, and that's something that is right at the heart of, of of sales, which is putting yourself in someone else's shoes. It's not just about us trying to transact deals. You've got to put yourself in, in uh you know, in their world. And for yeah. all of these it resellers it, it's really thinking about you know what's their view of the world what are they trying to do what's their relationship with their customers um and how can we help them to be be more successful and and build a program that supports supports them
0: yeah it's quite a good tip for any, anybody who sells anything um is, is to try and see the world through the eyes of the person that you're selling to uh because of, i mean obviously i mean recruitment and it's uh it's very easy to make it all about you and trying to get your deal done uh, rather than actually think about the other person and, and, and mm. what it means for them um obviously recruitment's a bit, bit strange like that because obviously you're not selling a product you're selling something that can say at the end of the day no thanks i don't want to do it um yeah but, um, and you i suppose you've been down the road of selling products but also professional services is there a particular i mean i said there's a difference but is, do you prefer any either way or or do you like a bit of both um uh. without, you know?
1: I think, I mean, I'm, I'm more on the product side now. I'm really glad and, and loved the, um, well, eight, nine years or so that I, I was selling services. I think you know the main difference is that when you're selling a product, you're selling something that exists. Um, and, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, as long as you're an upstanding salesperson and you don't, uh, you don't say anything that's untrue, then when that deal closes, um, then, you know, what you've said is what will happen. Um, you know, this is the product does X. Um, you buy it and it does X. Happy days. Um yeah. so the, the difference with services is you're selling something that doesn't actually exist. Uh, you're selling an idea, a concept. You know, this is what the Salesforce experience cloud will look like. This is what your sales cloud will look like. You know, we've done it before for other customers, and we're gonna go and do it um uh, for, for you. And therefore, that's where. With services, there's much more work that needs to happen after the sale because that's when you're bringing that that vision, that idea, uh, to life, and it depends on people, like real people with lives and families, and you know, travel and and all of this kind of thing. And one of one of the things that never failed to surprise me, you know, in my time selling services, was that you know, a great consultant that goes down brilliantly with one customer and they're like oh my goodness you know, you know this person is just absolutely brilliant next customer you go right i've got the best project manager for you they've just come off this other project <laughs> you're going to love them and they go get that person out of my office you're like what um <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, you know, they ju- just because different people work in different yeah. ways so they they rub each other up the wrong way um and then you know someone you know gets all effectively booted out of a project and then they go into something else and again they're you know star of the day so uh <laughs> it, it just is that lesson that what you're dealing with is is people and personalities and it's not bits and bytes um which is what you deal with in um and in, in selling products
0: I, I was going to ask you i, I tend to like, like to ask everybody it's if you have a particular kind of um biggest challenge so far in your in your salesforce career if you can remember back mm. to what you know what was the biggest sort of challenging moment or project or you know role i suppose if you can think back to that
1: yeah i think um uh, i mean i had an opportunity to work alongside some really um you know amazing amazing projects with amazing amazing customers that were were things that um uh you know, we're, we're really touching tens of thousands of people that we're, we're using it in those in those companies. I think when I think about the most, uh, what, what's challenging, and this is just general across all of the Salesforce platform, is it's so big and it's mm. changing so constantly with those consistent sort of three releases uh, every year. But then all the acquisitions coming through, you know, marketing cloud, field service, all of this. But, you know, as a consultant, in my world as a salesperson um, you know selling those consulting teams it's like staying on top of it and just like i was saying about you know um, you know you're selling a vision you're selling an idea but you are but you're selling it on on a a vision or idea where very few people have done that before including people on at salesforce um, you know whether that's you know cpq or field service when that was acquired or um you know uh, uh communities or portals or experience clouds it's it's talked about now so that that was always the biggest challenge is you know everyone's at that that leading edge of what the salesforce platform can do and you're always sort of almost in project uh, figuring out what's what's the next step that you can take
0: it is. I mean, it's, I mean, you mentioned back to when when it was called CloudForce, and um, they're they only mm-hmm. seeing looking back now. You, you, people were either a salesperson, or they're an admin, or they're a consultant, or they were a techie person, and that was kind of it. It's, there's so many more things that you can be and do now in Salesforce that you you, you can't. Mm. You know, not one person can specialize in everything anymore. I don't think, like well, they used yeah. to. Be able To, um, I suppose, pick your lane and, and stick to it.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that, that that's what makes it interesting. I mean, uh, you know, there are other uh, more legacy platforms out there where you know you could you could run the same project again and again and again, or at least with the same same technology. But that's one of the things that we all love about about the Salesforce platform is that it's it's continually uh, you know growing and it, it keeps things interesting.
0: Absolutely, and 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 bringing us up to your book release. Um, mm. so congratulations on that. But do, is, are there? I haven't a chance to read it obviously yet. Um, mm-hmm. Are there tips in there about I mean, you've obviously been in a situation where, as you've described, you've you've interviewed. You're, you know, you've been an in you've been interviewed, obviously, and you've also been an mm. interviewer. Um, do you have any tips around what people should do as salespeople in in the software world when when they're mm. being interviewed? And, and I suppose on the other flip flip side of that coin, when people are interviewing as well, especially for salespeople. I
1: think you know for for for, for salespeople. Um, you've got to put yourself again. It's empathy uh, when you're selling. You've got to put yourself in the mind of the person that you're uh, you know selling to. And when you're mm. when you're going for a job, then it's that hiring manager. So what does a hiring manager want from a new hire? Well, they want to know is this person uh going to succeed? Are they going to hit their target? Um, uh, number two, they want to know is this person going to come up to speed quickly? Um, so you know, I'm not going to be you know having them on on ramp for a long period of time. Um, And then sort of thirdly, it's like, are they going to get on well uh, with the team? So a lot of interviews are all sort of about not trying to understand, like, where have you done this before? And, you know, give me an example of what you've done X. And so you can be quite sort of reactive to that kind of thing and wait for some questions. But much better is to think, right, let's imagine that I've already got this job. Right. What am I going to do? How am I going to approach it? Um, what's the uh, sector that I'm going to go after and what would be my talk track? What do I know is the problem that those customers have got and how would I suggest that they solve it? So It's all this this kind of stuff, so It's basically thinking ahead to how you'd actually do the job. Now, when you come to having your, um, well, either at your interview or even when you're doing your cold outreach to that kind of hiring manager, It's look. yeah, I know this is the sector that you're um, focused on. I've had some thoughts about how you would approach that for the financial services industry. Financial services are struggling with X, Y and Z at the moment. And I think Mm. that we could position the product to do uh, A, B and C. Like immediately, that's not a normal recruiting conversation. Suddenly you're talking about business and you're helping that hiring manager with exactly what they're trying to deal with, which is how are we going to approach financial services and how are we going to do it? um, You know, with, you know, what, what, what techniques are we going to use? And so that is all about reducing the risk from the perspective of that hiring manager. Um, You know, are you going to hit your target? Well, this person certainly seems to know what they're talking about and they've got ideas of how they're going to do it. Are they going to get up to speed quickly? Well, they're already thinking way ahead um, than most people are. So, yeah. And then are they going to get on well with the team? And that's where, you know, uh, just the fact that you know what you're talking about is um is going to be helpful
0: great tips yeah absolutely and and um i think um i might be might new some of that for our recruiting here at rod but i was sort of talking to you just before um we came on to the podcast about covid and, and how that's affected mm. i mean we, we especially spoke to a few people about it since since covid's happened so is it has that affected affected your career as such or certainly the way you're working
1: um uh, I mean, it obviously, has in terms of you know no customer face-to-face meetings, uh, you know, for for two years, are just starting to come back again uh, now. Mm. Um, uh, so on the one hand, you'd say, oh, you know, um, you know, selling, uh, you know, can't be effective if you're not uh, in 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 person. Um, and and to an extent, that's true. You know, it is always going to be better if you're in front of someone than if if you're not um yeah but that comes with an opportunity cost so you know the number of times when i'd have spent a whole day you know flying to geneva and then on a train you know to, to zurich or whatever to go to a customer meeting um and then you know you have your one hour there and then you're back to the airport you know all of those other meetings that you don't do because you're traveling you know has an opportunity yeah. cost and so you have to say right, if I take two days of travel for one hour, is that better than spending 20 hours on other calls with other customers or, or video? So that that's one aspect to it. And the other mm-hmm. is that having done that travel to Zurich or Stockholm or whatever, um, for the customer, you'd often find that there were maybe four or five people in the room, but they'd also be 10 other people on this spider phone in the middle of the table. And those people, never really interacted. They never asked questions. They didn't really feel like they were part of the meeting. Um, In an all Zoom world or an all Google or all Teams world, everyone's level. So we're all on video and everyone feels the opportunity to ask a question, whether they're in um, New York, whether they're in Australia, whether they're in Zurich, you know, in the room, because everyone's out of the room. And so I've certainly felt that in in these sort of big sessions where there's 15 or 20 people, it's been a great leveler on the customer's side. And we've got much better. um, It's been much easier for me to ask a question of someone at the customer, regardless of where they were. Whereas if I was in a meeting room in Zurich, I'd very rarely ask a question of someone that was on the spider phone because I didn't know who they were
0: yeah no it makes sense, yeah and think of it that way okay so, but but you are going back to traveling soon, but not probably not as nowhere near as much um
1: no where, yeah nowhere near as much, and it'll be much more targeted, so it'll be mm-hmm. much more you know with maybe an existing customer, I want to come over and spend a couple of days uh, with you and you know g- get to meet some other people in the team um and build up an existing relationship than these um uh kind of big r f p sessions that many customers used to used to ask for which was bringing you know hordes of vendors through their doors back to back you know yeah. uh, 16 people from this company 20 20 people from that company all of that handshaking oh it makes you think about it now um <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> you know yeah. and the
1: environmental impact of hauling all of these people around uh, either europe or the world um for, for these one-hour meetings that uh, you know in reality are much more effective now
0: um uh, yeah.
1: doing them virtually
0: Absolutely. Um, well, it's a very, very you know, positive thing that's happened and it's been, has been forced on us. But I think that's definitely the way forward. And um, so if we bring bring this up to your, your book, then, uh, which mm. is entitled. Let me make sure I get this right. I've got how to sell tech, a step by step guide to writing. So so hitting your target in your first technology sales roles. So this is very much about getting into a technology sales role as opposed to someone who's perhaps uh, been doing it for a few years. Is that or all, I'm yeah. guessing they're still going to get benefit from that book.
1: Yeah, no, exactly that. It's aimed really at either someone that is um, uh, maybe they're in an SDR role, which is a sales development rep. So these are kind of the early um, uh, sales roles just before you move into a full salesperson role or someone that has got their first uh, sales uh, role, their first AE role. Um, So I very much picture, you know, I I talked um, at the start about, you know, uh, my my first uh, my first job in Sirencester. And I remember that day in um, about June or July in um, 99, i literally sitting down at my desk um, with, you know, desktop computer, gold mine was the CRM uh, system oh, of the yeah. day and a desk yeah. phone and my manager going, right, you know, there's a list of numbers, get going. And me going, I've got absolutely no idea what I'm supposed to do. Um Yeah. And, you know, here 20 years later on, you've sort of uh, have acquired all of that knowledge uh, or a lot of that knowledge that has come in through various angles. You know, uh, how do I negotiate? Um, How do I present to a large group of people? How do I organise and run a meeting? Um, How do I prospect? How do I qualify a deal? How do I forecast my manager? How do I plan my territory? You know all of this stuff that now I sort of take for granted, or any uh, A that's been doing it for so long takes it for granted. But you know today, tomorrow, the day after tomorrow, there's someone that's sitting down at their desk for the first day, just like I was t- 20 years ago, going, "Oh my God, what do I do?" And so that's yeah. that's what I've written that book for, which is really say like a step-by-step guide. Like, what do I need to do in order to hit target? What does it mean? Um, and so hopefully um these girls and guys have to do less faking it till they make it because you know there, there's a, a guide for them it. yeah exactly
0: and let me just say it again so it's how to sell tech uh, a step by step guide to hitting your target in your first technology sales role um available on all I say all good bookshops but I'm guessing these days it's just um have a look the on amazon isn't?
1: yeah exactly big exactly a. absolutely the big a. Um, um,
0: which is great, and then
1: that's there. Uh, it's either a paperback or a hardback, and then there's also a Kindle version as well for those that like Brilliant. it digitally.
0: And any more ideas for books in the future?
1: Well, I think the, um, uh, this is uh, this is this for now. So there's um, so there's there's three parts to it. There's um, there's the how to sell tech, which is um, for for people that are in that role. Um, uh, there's a book, there's an e-book called Start Selling Tech, which is to help graduates and non-sales people. To find and get into their first uh, sales role, so that's um, uh, that's handy for people that are trying to get into it. And then the third element is a a, a, I call it a journal, a sales journal, uh, which is really a workbook uh, that someone that has got a sales role can use for their forecasting, for their qualifying, for negotiation. Uh, Is more for yeah for doodling, uh, sort of guided thinking. Um, And so it's those three kind of come together uh, to help people that are kicking off their sales role.
0: That sounds excellent so it's obviously just, just jump onto amazon type in charlie Cowan, and uh, up you come i think with loads of yeah. little sales well, it's just fantastic mate and yeah. uh, um what i've got to ask going right back to the beginning what what car do you now drive do you drive a lambo or did you not, not, not well use that?
1: this is you know once once you got i've got four children in four years i was going to
0: ask drive, yeah yeah <laughs> they're not
1: i drive the smallest car that i possibly can um so i have my little toyota Igo for going to the train station because it's uh basically free to run which is great I, yeah. and then we have a, a vw transporter shuttle bus uh for all of the family because it's got nine seats <laughs> to chuck everyone in no oh, lambo no,
0: no lambo Ferrari. well you've got the midlife crisis <laughs> coming up when when the kids are all grown up then you can go and do that can't you drive, yeah, drive exactly, back through that exactly. sign, sister village um yeah yeah <laughs> i do um, i you...
1: do say to the children quite regularly uh if we didn't have all of you i would have a lambo um so that's <laughs>
0: <laughs> love it oh dear um that's and any any sort of excitement for the future in terms of the salesforce world i suppose but also the wider cloud tech space any anything that i know i've sprung that one on you but is there anything that's exciting you
1: yeah i think uh for me generally it's just i i love the um uh i love the the space um i i'm an avid uh twitter uh user i'm more of a lurker than a than a poster um but no, well uh, you used to be a
0: poster but yeah you've, you've i was
1: yeah i was yeah. it was, was a poster now i just spend so much time reading on that i learn so much from from twitter uh, every single day every morning i go on when i have my morning coffee just go on to, uh, on to twitter and uh what I love is just seeing there's so many new, uh, you know, products and, and platforms uh, being created to solve everything, uh, whether that's, um, you know, consumer you know, or business. And then you know, that whole space that Salesforce is in or other, other tech companies, it's just it's just exciting. There's so much going on there and so many new um, new businesses coming through
0: yeah and this like you said earlier on so many acquisitions you know you, you blink and there's another one um mm. it's, it's still an exciting place to be in isn't it um and yeah. of course you, you know your career has still got a you know, long way to go um so uh we, we'll watch you with with interest see see, see how you get on um yeah but thanks so much for agreeing to uh to be on the podcast and um if you have any other no tips or anybody let me know but otherwise we'll make sure that they they look you up on um well, so where are you best findable? Are you are you LinkedIn or is that uh, yeah,
1: LinkedIn is LinkedIn is a good place uh, to find, and then through that there are links to a, a sort of personal website that links to links to the book and some other things that I've I've written and write about.
0: Excellent. So we'll we'll check that out, and don't forget, guys. It's uh, so it's how to sell tech: a step by step guide to hitting your target in your first technology sales role. Charlie Cowan, thank you so much for joining us, mate. It's been it's been great Thanks, to catch Luke. up. It's been a pleasure. And, um, yeah, and, and uh, good luck with the book. I, I hope it takes off, and well, sure it will. I'm sure it has done already, um, and we'll look forward to, to more in the future as well.
1: Thanks so much. Cheers, Lee.
0: Cheers, cheers, Dolly.